This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 126 of Aviation Careers Podcast. Tonight I am joined by Tom Wachowski. Tom Wachowski is the host of the Private Jet Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Tom. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me back. Always fun to do this show. Great. Uh, we actually have a whole bunch of questions to answer, but have a couple of announcements I want to make and a little discussion beforehand. Uh, thanks for all the feedback, by the way, on the new format of, uh, of the show coming out weekly. It really has been a benefit to all you folks. Oh, uh, first announcement is uh, I know a lot of people listen to Stuck Mike Avcast and also read expertaviator.com. Unfortunately, my hosting service shut me down for a little while because we were getting so many hits on the website and uh, we it's got it's kind of grown so much as far as a blog and and also uh, uh, all the different hits we get for for the podcast and and the links. So what we've done is we've had to revamp things, make things more efficient, and we've had to move to a different server. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, if you do listen to Stuck Mike Avcast and Expert Aviator and read the blog there, that you'll be able to read that. Currently, as I'm recording, it's not all up and running yet, but it's getting there. Sorry for the delay there. You still, of course, you can listen to. Uh, uh, stuck my Gavcast uh, download from iTunes, uh, so that shouldn't be a problem there. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about a little bit, and uh, you know, we can. Uh, one of the questions we get a lot is about veterans' benefits, and boy, I just really appreciate our veterans and what they do for our country, have done for our country, and I really want to help folks out. And one of the things we did is we set up the vets page, and unfortunately, I just realized I haven't really put that at the top of the website. So at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash vets, you can find the information, but I also put a link, Veterans Benefits and Information. That's a link at the top there. And I put it together because I keep getting the same questions over and over from people. But here's what I want you to do. If you're listening right now, are a veteran or know a veteran or have information that could help veterans, what I want you to do is I'd like you to take a look at that page and make suggestions as to what we what we could add to that. There's a few things in there I do want to mention. We have things like, you know, the federal benefits for veterans, dependents, and survivors. That's basically the guide for anybody who's a dependent veteran or, or a survivor of a veteran. And that's an excellent guide you can download as a PDF file. You can also order that online. Also some scholarships. And more importantly, the one question I get a lot of is the GI Bill and how to use the GI Bill. Well, I finally broke down and put the links out there. Uh, there's some explanations on how to use the GI Bill, but I also put another link on there, which is the GI Bill and flight training and what you need to know about the GI Bill and flight training. If you know, one of our popular episodes was back when we talked about the GI Bill and also the veterans benefits and what has changed in your veterans benefits. So that's a really important thing to look at. If you're looking at getting into aviation full time and using your benefits, you need to look there. Another thing, too, that's interesting, and this goes out to everybody. If you have a family member that was in the service and say you want to get their benefits or you want to use their 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 past uh, veterans status to get involved in any organizations, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm I'm a son of an American uh, sons. I'm in the sons of the American Legion, excuse me, which means that uh, my father, he served and I as a son am able to actually join the American Legion who does the American Legion is awesome. They do a lot of outreach and we actually are working with them with scholarships right now, putting a couple together. That's a little longer process than I expected, but it's getting there. One of the things you will need 
to actually go out and use those benefits, no matter what you do, is what's called a DD-214. And that's your military service record, your separation papers, et cetera, the, uh, the status of your separation. And there's a, a really cool link I put out there. It's, it's the DD-214 explained, and it tells you everything about uh, how to get your certificate of release or discharge from active duty. But it also does this. It allows you to get your DD-214 for, say, you're a survivor, and you want you, there are certain benefits you may find out you can actually receive. Well, you can, you can get that DD-214 to prove that you're a son or grandson or you know, a, a daughter, granddaughter of a veteran. So that's actually how you get that. I get this question a lot. That's why I'm talking about it now. Uh, all that information is on our veterans page, and I want you as a veteran or you, somebody who knows a veteran or has information about veterans, please go out there, make suggestions, send us a feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com or the link uh, to the uh, to the actual uh, contact page there. I really appreciate that. So I uh, I think I quickly got through that one. And, uh, you know, Tom, another thing I wanted to mention in the announcements uh, besides the veterans page is also – uh, something else that is really important, and we're shifting gears now to those folks that are looking at doing private aviation and corporate aviation. Tom had this uh, really good podcast at the Private Jet Podcast, uh, episode 48, What Aircraft Co- Costs Are Important. This actually what was interesting when I was listening to this. I was thinking about the little piston aircraft that I was partners in that was used for another with another corporation for their business aircraft, and it talks about the cost the and acquisition fuel, et cetera. So, Tom, this is something I think is important for somebody that's, that's actually going into uh, corporate aviation because you can understand what it is you're going to do as a corporate pilot because it's not just flying the plane. What can, they, what can they discover when they're actually listening to this episode? Can you just go run through it real quickly? Yeah, we did a, a look at, you know, so often the first question is, well, what's it cost? What's this cost? What's that cost? And what our premise kind of was, was the, the question is, is not so much what does it cost as much as the question is what costs are important. That's kind of the first thing we need to be looking at, followed by what's it cost. So Chris Dore and I, uh, Chris of the aircraftcostcalculator.com, uh, discussed those costs that should be considered, and then we kind of dove into what they actually would be. And uh, hopefully at the end, you walk away with a little bit different angle on, you know, the finances behind business aviation. A good thing to have if you're thinking of getting into it or, or you want to talk intelligently to somebody and it's somebody that you want to, say, discuss a potential job with, this is a great yeah. thing to listen to. Actually, your, your podcast in general is a good thing to listen to for somebody who's thinking about getting into uh, corporate or private aviation. I really think it's a yeah, great, sure. great service. Yep. Um, yeah, really, it's designed for the people who want to write the check, but definitely, right. uh, definitely good for uh, you know, kind of a inside, an inside look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, you know, Tom, you do a bang up job there, and I always learn something every time you have a podcast. So I Thank like you. that. Um, anyway, let's move on, Tom, to some of our. Unless did you have any more announcements? I'm sorry, I forgot to. I didn't want to cut you off there. Do you have anything you want to uh, do other than the I, I 48? Have, no, no news is good news on this end. Uh, <laughs> it's quiet in Tom's world. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, good. Well, let's get to some of our listener mail. Let's do that now. Um, again, if you write to us feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast, we'll answer your question on here, and we will de-identify any of the questions that are sent to us. Even if you ask us to read your name off, we'd rather have you on a, an interview. I'd really love to do that. Anyway, let's get started. First one is, he says, I'm 45. I'm a check right away from my commercial pilot license. 
I keep hitting these mental walls and I keep thinking I'm running out of time. I need some help on how to move forward. <laughs> well, Tom, you know, it's it's interesting. I think you could plug in on 45, on 35, I'm 25, I'm 55, sure, sure. and uh, keep hitting these mental walls, keep thinking I'm running out of time. We are all running out of time, but uh, <laughs> it's it's just a fact of life. You just have to be content in where you are and know that you're, you're in a spot where you're going to move forward from. You are who you are, you are where you are, and you have all these experiences. You're 45 years old, you have a lot to bring to aviation because of all those experiences. So those are real bonuses in your in your aviation career. Look at your look at your past and look at what you can do to actually move and meld those past experiences into your new aviation job. Tom, I'm sure you you've heard this before, haven't you? You're right, and I would add two things. Uh, one is to keep the main thing, the main thing. So I'm imagining you got into flying because you like flying, and uh, keep that the main thing. You know, you can you can worry yourself into all kinds of corners, and you got a lot of runway ahead at 45, I think. And and the second thing I was going to say was just slow down here, one thing at a time. So great. Knocking out the CPL. Okay, what's next? Just focus on that. Okay, what's next after that? Just focus on that in each of those you know, points in the timeline, one thing at a time. And before you know it, you'll be uh, yeah, 46, 48, 50, and well, probably further than you thought into this career. And, you know, put one foot in front of the other and, and you'll you right. move down that road very quickly. I think that's what you're trying to say. And I think that's very mm-hmm. true. Great advice from anybody that's into this and thinking they're behind. I know I get this from uh, even uh, folks that are starting off when they're 20 or 25. And <laughs> no matter where you are, you feel like you need to move forward quicker and that you've, you know, you, you have a lot behind you. But, uh, you know, you have a lot ahead of you also. So look, look in front of you because that's where you're going, not behind you. So you're going forward. So keep looking forward. Thanks for that question, or that, thanks for that comment, but I hope that's helped you, helped inspire you a little bit there. Uh, moving on to the next uh, question. It actually came from Facebook. Of course, uh, we, you can go to facebook.com slash podcast and send us some messages. It's a little tougher for us because we have so many ways to get in touch with us. Uh, sometimes it's a little late on the on the response, but this one it comes over Facebook and says, Hello, I have some questions. I need advice. If you can please answer explicitly, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I'm making a career path at ATP Flight School. Uh, they lend me the whole payment, but I'm, I have a big problem now. So they gave him all the money. He has a big problem. He says, nobody told me ever that airlines require a college degree. Now I don't know what to do. I already have the contract with a bank, and I don't think I can afford another career. So I have the following questions. First, and we're going to go through each of these. Is there any way to get into the major airlines with many flight hours and experience? Okay. Yes, of course there is. There, and, and I've talked about this before where, you know, the college degree is important. But if you have a ton of experience, if you have – I have a lot of friends that I fly with that have a lot of hours. But but you're talking a lot of hours. And, and what's a lot of experience? Well, most of these folks have ten to fifteen to 20,000 hours, and they get hired. Uh, so – Currently, we're in an environment that, you know, flight flight hours are really important. Getting hired by a major, yes, uh, you will need a college degree, but that's over 95% of the time. You can wow them with the fact that you're moving forward. But look at it, but, but think about this. You, you can get hired by a regional 
easily without the college degree as long as you're looking towards that or have enrolled yourself in a course, have taken some classes, et cetera, and you've shown them that you, you are moving forward with that, that degree and that career. So don't worry so much about that. Worry about the flight time. Uh, you know, one of the things that they have to understand is that is that's a box that they want you to check because it reduces the population of pilots from the pilot pool because the majors have so many applicants. If to fly an airplane, you don't need any degrees, period. You could be the best pilot in the world and have zero degrees. But that doesn't matter. It's all about how you can be competitive in the hiring world, that's a whole nother ballgame. So, yes, don't don't worry too much about this, but do get on it. Do start flying forward. And your next question is, can I fly in major airlines out of the United States without a degree? There are some places uh, that you can, uh, but uh, I'm not so sure that they don't want you enrolled in a program. So uh, that's uh, that's something you need to look at. But if you're a, depending, you know, obviously we're a more U.S.-based uh, podcast, uh, but a lot of times when you are looking to go overseas, yes, a uh, number of hours is very important. Again, we're talking lots of hours. Just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, when, you know, doing work with the folks in China, et cetera, and they actually need, you know, you to have your piloting command time in the airplane you'll be flying, meaning you've already been flying a 737 or an Airbus or something like that. So that's that's really important to look at. Uh, and in your third question, is there any way to make the government pay my college degree? Uh, well, there's a, a couple ways, but uh, there's, <laughs> as far as making them pay for your college degree, you can't make anybody pay for a college degree, but uh, you can actually request monies from the government depending on your status. I don't know from your email if you have any status with the with the, you know, the military or government service, et cetera. But if you have some past experience, there are scholarships out there. There's other benefits also for federal employees. Also look towards your past employers and also look towards uh, your past government employers, if, if that's true, if you've been in the government before. The other way that you can have them pay for your, your college degree is actually to join the government and start working there. But with doing in doing that, though, you've actually, you know, put off for a while, uh, you're actually moving on to the airlines and moving on to what, what it is you want to do. So just remember that, you know, you're going to have to, you know, if, if they're going to pay for your degree, you actually have to give something, uh, just like nothing in life really is free, is it, Tom? Unfortunately, <laughs> that's typically true. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, looking at it from a perspective of somebody that's looking to get into some corporate or private aviation is as far as the degree is concerned if they're hiring somebody as a say a first officer although they usually hire captains but say you're like the third pilot and two pilot crew you're a spare pilot extra pilot how important do you think it is to have that degree tom well uh let me first say that it is not required there's plenty of Learjets and Challengers and Globals and Gulfstreams out there with non-college degree pilots flying it. And by the way, those are great careers. And uh, Carl and I could have the debate on which <laughs> one's more adventurous. <laughs> so absolutely, you can fly really cool planes in really cool places, have a great life without a college degree. What I'm hearing in this question of his is it, it, Carl? Maybe you can confirm or deny this. It sounds like he's fairly early into the career. Is it, are, am I hearing that correctly? That, is that yes. What you're reading? Yeah, and I don't know the age here, but yes, fairly early in the career. So, 
I, 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 what I feel like is, uh, so you don't have the degree right now, but so what? Go fly and get it part time. I mean, you, you don't need this degree tomorrow. A major airline is not going to hire you tomorrow if you're brand new in this career. You've got time to go get the hours and the degree, I think. Well, I, I think that was a great way to summarize what I just uh, took a couple minutes trying to yeah. explain, but you did a much better job of summing it up there. Get get moving on flying because yeah. you're going to be a pilot. <laughs> so uh, good good suggestion, Tom. I think that's very true. You are a pilot. You need to fly an airplane. You need to know how to fly an airplane. You know, again, we fly with lots of people that don't have any degrees, are outstanding pilots, and that's the most important part. But you also, just to make yourself stand out, yeah, you got to have a degree. You know, it's just yeah, you're you're uh, uh, even in the business aviation side. Uh, you know, you can start out and you can go real far without it, but but the really sweet gigs, you know, the, where you're going to need five thousand hours to even be considered, anyways, uh, you'll need it for those really good gigs. So so go hack it out, no big deal. Five thousand hours takes a while, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah. Sure. And, and that in that time that you're getting those hours, you obviously can go get your degree again. Uh, you have to listen. I really should post this one uh, comment that was made uh, by a, a past person that was on the episode talking about how he got his degree while he was flying at a regional airline. And he cautioned yes. you, you better be disciplined to do that. Uh, yes. that, was, that was Robert Geyer. He was a Czech airman, and now he's moved on to the majors after being a Czech airman at the regional. But a great friend discipline. of mine did that. He, oh, uh, yeah. he hammered out his master's while we were we were based in Chicago, and that poor guy was always in the books in the crew room. But uh, I tell you, he doesn't work for a regional anymore. Lives a great life because of yeah. that degree. Yes, yes, that's uh, that's true. That's in any kind of a career, uh, having that extra degree does help quite a bit, no matter what you're doing, uh, just for advancement and for pay. You know, they'll pay somebody with the has the same experience but has a degree more money. You know, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, anyway, so thanks for the question. I hope that's helped out. Start flying, get flying, get your get your degrees done uh, later on. So get your flight time now is basically what Tom's trying to say. Moving on to the next question here, Tom. Uh, it starts with, having been a successful realtor over the past 11 years, my real estate coach and I have some deep discussions on being fulfilled at what I'm currently doing in my career. Needless to say, we got to the bottom of it and found out that what I've missed over the past eight years is flying on a consistent basis. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, this is someone that uses a, a real estate coach. And I forgot to mention, we do do coaching here at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You can do our, go to our coaching page. This is a great example of why coaching is really important, career coaching, in that it helps you make decisions as to what you want to do and where you need to go. I had an interesting question from somebody the other day and asked me, uh, do you ever have a situation where you find out that a career in aviation is not for you or for the person that you're coaching? Yes, we don't always recommend a career in aviation. Sometimes we recommend a, a career in something else that they're in right now, finding value and finding fun, but then moving on into aviation as a hobby. And, uh, some, and, and aviation as a hobby brings so much to all careers. So, uh, so just remember, a good coach will give you an unbiased opinion there. Uh, you, you know how we're answering all these questions. I can't you know, talk about a lot of personal things here, just like anybody on, on any podcast. But the coaching actually enables you to talk a little more frankly. Uh, and having a good coach is really, really important. Have a lot of them in my, in my life, which has uh, really helped me quite a, quite a bit in, in all my stages. Anyway, uh, going back to his question, flying has been something that has been part of my blood for a long time due to many family members being exposed to flying. I'm a commercial multi-engine pilot 
an instrument rated and have my license since nine or excuse me, two thousand. I've just shy of nine hundred hours, with two hundred and eighty of that coming by way of a Baron fifty eight, one hundred ninety hours, and a Cheyenne two ninety hours. Pretty cool planes, actually. Those are great airplanes. Uh, I've yeah. called <laughs> I've called many of my college pilot, fr- excuse me, colleague pilot friends who have been through many different flying gigs to get some guidance from them. Uh, first of all, that is great experience, by the way, when you're looking at a, a resume. Uh, but anyway, he says, most of them laid me, led me to start checking into the regionals. Since talking to them about the process, I've recently gotten my first class medical and I've taken my instrument proficiency check since having flown under the hood eight years ago. So that's all. that's a while. It was an amazing feeling to get back up and to see how much that I've retained and enjoyed. Since then, I've applied through the airline app's website platform only to find out that the 1,500 ATP minimums is a set rule for now. I'm glad you said that, and we're going to come back to that in a minute. I'm now in a predicament. I don't have my CFI to build the hours, nor do I want to bear the brunt of going back through the rigorous training to do so. However, it appears that the Part 135 option is a good pathway due to my experience. I'm in the midst of preparing for my aviation resume, but only experience I have that is flying related is when I flew for the FBO back in college 13 years ago, as well as working as a lineman. I've obviously had professional experience outside of that, but my resume won't fit on one page, including that experience. How important is it to keep it one page, and how important is a cover letter to supply that, supply with that? I like that I see, I like what I see out there for some 135 operators. I just need to keep progressing one step at a time every day and feel that that resume might be keeping me from doing that. Let's back up here because before we answer some some other things under uh, and go on because there's uh, this kind of a two part question. Uh, building the hours, uh, you're you're at 900 hours here, and you have that's quite a few as far as the 1500 hours. And the ATP minimums, yeah, that's a hard and fast rule for you. Obviously, uh, from your letter, you you weren't in the military. You don't have a degree coming from an aviation school. So you're going to have to have the 1,500 hours. But with that said, you when you get close to that 1,500 hours, you still, or just in general, you need to put your application in, period. The 1,500 hour is true. But there's people that are getting hired right now with hundreds of hours, and that's it. What they're doing is getting a conditional hire. In other words, the airline says, apply. We know you don't have 1,500 hours, but we like you. We're going to interview you, and we're going to conditionally hire you. When you get to 1,400, 1,450 hours, come back to us, and we'll go through the certified training program for the ATP here. If we really like you, we're going to hire you, take you in, and we're going we're to actually pay for that certified training program that you have to do in the simulator. And that's, really, that's a really cool option. So don't stop applying, please. Please do that. Um, let's go to what you said about the 135 option. Uh, and that appears to be a good pathway, you're saying, as far as 135 operators. There's many different uh, types of 135 operators out there. I know, Tom, you you actually have a little more exposure to some of the 135s out there and have had some in the, in the past. Uh, at his hours, and his numbers of hours, do you feel that there's there's a few folks out there that would hire him? Well, if I remember, Carl, you and I, uh, the last show that I was on, talked about a guy who hopped into the right seat, I want to say, of a beach jet with like 200 hours. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Yes, yeah. right. So, <laughs> so yes, it's possible. Now, here's the problem in the 135 world. The auditors, 
there are two large auditing companies that require certain things from crew. So what, what can happen is in the 135 world, you might not be able to fly some trips, you might not be able to fly others, depending on how those trips are sold to the customer as either an audited or non-audited trip. Uh, so it's really uh, operator dependent and airplane dependent and trip dependent. But uh, I flew when I first broke into 135, uh, I didn't meet some of those auditing requirements and I was able to do just fine. So uh, just know that it's definitely not a stop or a, or, or a wall, but uh, maybe a speed bump. Okay. Now, Tom, you mentioned some of these auditing uh, programs that they have out there. These are organizations that uh, audit the the safety and also audit certain other aspects as far as financial, et cetera, of the operation, uh, and primarily safety, of course. Uh, I know is it Wyvern is one that comes to mind. There's mm-hmm. a couple of them out there, and that's kind of what we're talking about as far as auditing. Uh, can you give some other examples? I mean, do we want to mention some of them here or not? I know they've had I've had them on the show before. Well, yeah, the two big ones are Wyvern and Argus. You're, you're going to okay. see those uh, on pretty much every advertisement for charter. But here, here's what you need to understand is that a lot of the smaller charter companies, when I say smaller, they have you know three, four, five, ten planes. They have a clientele that doesn't care about Arg- Argus and Wyvern. So those are the trips that you could fly and uh, you know in all kinds of airplanes. So that's why I would go knock on every 135 door because at 900 hours, it's not out of the question to be uh, sitting in the right seat of something. Right, right. That's important. A uh, good, good point there. So yes, yeah, so the 135s are out there, and you have to kind of ask those questions and look into those websites, Wyvern and Argus, like you said. Um, I'm always saying the name wrong, but we had them on the show actually a while ago at NBAA about two years ago. We interviewed a lot of the folks there, wonderful people at Wyvern, uh, and I have a lot of friends that work there out of uh, the office in New Jersey, obviously, since I've flown in and out there quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a funny, uh, they're an interesting an interesting organization, an interesting concept. Uh, what, what's funny about that is I, there are trips I've seen where, you know, I know, I know guys with 10,000 hours, you know, 4,000 hours on a golf stream and they don't qualify for a trip. I'm like, huh? What? Yeah. So <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's debatable on, on, you know, they, they can make your life easy or hard as an owner operator or pilot. Right. That's something actually we should probably have them on and talk about that. Why is that and how that works? Yeah. Really yeah, I've always interesting wondered, one. Yeah. 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 I definitely have to reach out to them and have them, have them come here and talk a little bit about that. Uh, 135 is fascinating uh, just in general. I mean, there is single engine 135 out there. It's, it's a very, very, very restrictive, but uh, it is out there. Um, Anyway, he also talks about, we're only halfway through his question, but uh, there's a bunch of really good stuff he has in this question. He talks about the one-page le- uh, uh, resume and cover letter. I feel it's very important in an aviation, from an aviation standpoint. Here's the deal. I had a 14-page resume when I worked in the technical field in computers, and that was actually a norm, is to have something that long because it was so highly technical because they want to know exactly the things that I was doing and what type of languages I knew, et cetera. But in, in the world that we are living in as far as aviation, keep it to a page, but make sure you get some of that information on there. Talk about real estate. You know, there's so many people in real estate. You only need a, a line or two to describe what you did in real estate, although you could fill pages with it. You want to keep it short and sweet, and it'll come out in the interview. Oh, you're in real estate? That's what we do. Oh, we're in a real estate business. Oh, wow, you understand something about real estate. You know what There's, You know what he gathered from real estate is customer service. As mm-hmm. a 135 operator, I want a guy who gets customer service. And uh, if you're trying to sell houses, 
<laughs> you know a thing or two about customer service. And, and Tom is hiring. You can send your resume. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> Not it, me. <laughs> it, it, and it's true. I know, Tom, you, you've gone through, you know, doing interviews of people. And I do. Uh, I look at resumes all the time. Aviation resume is really important on one page. I know people have done some amazing things. Uh, you know, I, I saw on one the guy was a, a fireman uh, at 9-11 in, in downtown New York. And uh, it, that all you need to do is mention that. That will take you to a lot of questions in a resume in a uh, in a uh, interview. So, trust me, you don't have to fill it up too much. I want to know your I want to know your flying experience. I want to know your ratings. I want to know if you're current on your medical. Have you had any failures, et cetera? Don't put them on there now, but we're going to ask you that later. But put on all the good stuff. You know all the things about how well you did and and any awards that type of thing. Make so, me want to call you. Exactly. But do it on one page and get right. a cover letter done. And when you write that cover letter, have something in common with the person you're sending it to. Know something about the company. Uh, I've seen a lot of cover letters where they got the company name spelled wrong. Uh, and, and that's a big no-no. And also the chief pilot. Uh, so make sure those things are out there. Make sure you have someone look over it and proofread it. Uh, kind of like we do here. You know, We look over the cover letter and the resume, et cetera, before we send it in. And I'll tell you something on that cover letter just to kind of wrap that this part of it up that that drives me nuts. And I've literally just taken resumes and cover letters and just literally put them in the recycle bin because of this is when you write your cover letter and it's all about you. Hmm. Now, now that may sound weird, but it's this this big, long paragraph about how great you are. And to be completely candid, I don't care how great you are yet. What I care about is what value can you bring to my operation? So when you craft these cover letters, you know, switch chairs and think, what does this operation really value? What do they really want? And talk about how you bring that to this opportunity that you're applying for. And in, in doing that, you end up covering all the stuff about yourself. But it's from the chair of the person who is trying to solve a problem they need a pilot. That's a good point. I love that perspective. And uh, you you have to find in a cover letter. You have to find that that right tone. And right. yeah, I I do want to know about you, but I don't want you bloviating at this point. I don't want you going overboard. Right. Tell me how wonderful you are. We're, we're going to find a great point, Tom. Great point. Yeah, you're right. I got a big problem. I just need a quick, big answer. So make my life easy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Don't because really, and, and I'm and I'm really speaking from the business aviation world. Right. We don't have you know, recruiting departments, uh, usually we have five minutes, <laughs> right? So it's gotta be <laughs> quick and to the point. Yeah. And, and that goes towards the, the one page, uh, resume too. Like you said, we don't have, have a lot of time, especially in those small, smaller departments and even the big departments, I'm looking for certain things. Boom, boom, boom. You got this, this, yeah. and this. Okay. Let me look further. And then I go down to the bottom. Usually I want to see what else you're doing. And that's me. Uh, that's that's my my mo, and that's how I look at resumes. Uh, but anyway, by the way, this is a great question, and uh, we've got we've got to finish up this question. Then we got to finish up this episode real quick. But uh, as, a lot of people ask, are are my questions too long? No, we can do a whole episode on one one person's question because if you have a really good question like this person, write into us, please, because this will help a lot of other people. Okay, now he talks about his flying, so let's move on to that section of it. He says, also, it goes without saying that I'm continuing to fly under the hood to get that level of IMC currency back to a confident stage. So when I get the call, I'm able to be whisked away knowing I can fly the minimums. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
Be ready to fly IMC. The one thing, the one thing, and I, for the past couple of decades that I see people mess up on the most is their instrument skills. There are so many failures due to instrument skills. And, you know, look at that quote from the lady who, who runs uh, the, the Regional Airline Association saying that because of the 1,500-hour rule, they're getting a lot more failures because people are very f- proficient in their instrument skills when they get their ratings, but then they go and they do like a banner toe for the next 1,200 hours, and they haven't done one bit of instrument flying. They mm-hmm. throw them into a jet simulator, and they don't pass. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen so many times. So I'm so glad that you're doing that. Um, Anyway, he he continues, Lastly, I've asked my pilot friends in the media area to keep their ears to the ground for any local companies looking to hire right seat. Is there any other options you can think of on how I can bridge the gap from 900 to 1500? Uh... Well, there's a lot of different ideas. You know, like I said, banner toes. One, of course, you're not going to get all your instrument uh, time in. But uh, right now, the FAA cares more about uh, how many hours you have, not not the knowledge you have. So let's let's consider that. You need to have a bunch of hours in there. So there there's there's uh, pipeline patrol. Uh, there's some still some aerial photography out there, although it's going the drone route nowadays. But it's still out there. So there's there's a bunch of things to go out. You know, you can go out and do uh, sightseeing tours, etc. Just get out there and find it. And like we, we had in a past episode, someone just jumped into the right right seat. So lots and lots of stuff out there. Right by now. the way, I know personally of a uh, very large, very reputable corporate department there where he lives. I would recommend knocking on doors and asking for advice. And also, he's networking, which is incredibly important. Right. So, yeah, I really don't think this person is going to have much of a problem because you're doing everything right. You just need a little refinement, and you're, in, and you're on your way. Believe me, you'll get there really quickly. Uh, he continues, thanks again, and I'm looking forward to some additional advice as I continue my journey to fulfill my passion and something I've dearly missed for some time. By the way, I'd like to add, I'm fairly rooted in the city I currently live in, so I'd like to stay around here if I can. If I can't help it, then you know, then they there it goes. And we're due in June for our first child. Lots to consider. Well, congratulations on that first child. That's that's so exciting. Uh, and I can understand staying in one spot. I know, Tom, that was one of the things that you really liked about the, the corporate field and the Part One Thirty Five field. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah, it sure is. It sure it's is. All. Anyway, well, gosh, that that wraps it up for this episode, Tom. Um, be uh, before we go, uh, just a couple things I want to mention. Please go out to the vets uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com/vets section of the website. And if you could, if you have any suggestions of other links that we can put out there, please do. Uh, if you're somebody involved in Veterans Affairs, give us a call. Or if you know somebody who wants to come on here and talk about it, we'd love to have you. I know we have Eric Crump on, and uh, we get we have a lot of resources there. But we also like to hear from from other resources, too. I know they, they deal with vets all the time, and, and so do I. So it's really important. Uh, if you have this background, you are a vet, and you have some of your GI Bill left, Go ahead and use that for aviation. Also, don't forget to listen to Tom Wachowski's The Private Jet Podcast because that show will actually help you with a little bit of inside baseball, but it'll help you speak intelligently at your next interview when you go talk to somebody for that 135 or for that corporate job. Well, Tom, thanks again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me, Carl. Always uh, fun to be on the show and answer these questions. Good time. Awesome. And if you have questions for Tom, obviously, Write to us. Go to feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. Well, everyone, as we do with every episode, we close telling you to do something today to move forward in your career. Take one small step to move forward or take a large leap. Get a new rating. Do something now. Do something today, but keep 
moving forward like the first person wrote in. You're going forward. You're not going backward. So keep taking those steps forward. Sometimes you take one to the left, to the right, sometimes right down the middle. But you have to keep moving in that direction. Folks, we'll talk to you next episode and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.